You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, welcome to Utopia, and we're saying that a little bit more jolly mood today. Because Huddersfield Town finally have a new manager. Hooray! Hooray. Uh, yeah, Stephen Chicken here with David Hartrick. How are you doing, Dave? Not too bad at all. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, so, yeah. So, Danny Cowley is now the new manager of Huddersfield Town. And he is the manager rather than the head coach. Important mm. to know. Um, he's brought Nicky Cowley, his brother, along as his assistant manager as he has been throughout his career. Dave, can I first get your reaction to... The appointment process itself leading up to the appointment of the Cowleys? It's obviously been slightly turbulent. Um, I think Town knew who they wanted and then couldn't get who they wanted, so they had to look at other options. All the while, if we're believing what we're told, they were still trying to get the Cowleys. And, uh, you know, they can. They can say they didn't say anything, but I think it's fairly clear they did have some level of contact with Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, they had a lot to consider. But I think what sort of shows you the character is that I think throughout it all, the one thing they desperately wanted to do was play that game on Saturday. They wanted to to at least get through that game, which I think is credit to them. Um, And it, it sounds like town did their due diligence they got their man in the end it, it did take a little bit of time the only thing I would say is that the the sort of lack of of updates for a while did create that vacuum where there were so many I mean there were some silly rumors weren't there yeah yeah <laughs> who is your favorite silly rumor um I, I think we don't know if there's anything in it or not and the way he jumped up the betting there there must have been something somewhere but Neil Harris was just such a bizarre mm. name and fit. I mean, he is—he's Mike Bassett. I won't say—I <laughs> won't say Mike Bassett's favourite quote, but he does love a bit of four-four-two and all that. And it was a really odd name to sort of be plucked out of the air. But when you thought about it, and when you thought about what the squad needed, then you thought, well, actually. But, you know, they've had a Gio Van Bronckhorst, Nigel Adkins. <laughs> not Gennaro Gattuso, unfortunately. No, Ollie was Gattuso. touting on the podcast last time we were in. Yeah, but, it, but the problem is, like I say, when you have a bit of a vacuum, because Town didn't have anything to update anyone with, um, you do get these, like, mad rumours. There was the weird situation around Nigel Adkins as well uh, mm. last week where BBC Radio Leeds, um, Oggie has reported, and Oggie is unimpeachably credible yes um, there is no one more professional or does their homework more than Oggy uh, nothing but respect for him but he he's he's uh, broke this Adkins story that mm. they had that they had offered the job to Nigel Adkins mm. which when we contacted the club pretty much straight away and got, he stood by it and he stood by it yeah we, we when we contacted the club we got a denial straight away mm. um, so we're not we have compared notes with Oggy a bit, but we're not quite sure what's I, happened there. I'd be staggered if they hadn't talked to him. I mean, we we had a you know, not to 
not to let the viewers behind the behind the curtain too much, but we talk sometimes when we're not podcasting, what? Steve. Um, and we had the conversation about it, and we were saying, you know, it's, it would be almost negligent in town's position to not at any part of the process to at least make contact with Nigel Atkins because he has a track record, he's available. I know they had who they wanted to go after, but when you get that rejection, you have to explore other options. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't for a second believe that Huddersfield Town spoke to no one yeah. but the Cowleys. Someone quite close to the club did, when when the initial story with the Cowleys broke, that that they had turned down the club. Uh, I wrote a piece about that, and someone close to the club actually messaged me saying, um, "Well, isn't it a bit of a leap saying it was it was the Cowleys?" Um, yeah, and, and and I thought you can't have it both ways. Yeah, exactly. It? I think they've now acknowledged that it that it actually mm. it was, but they were. I think the point they were making, the other point that they made was. Well, we have. We'll obviously have been talking to other yeah. people as well. We've not put all our eggs in that basket. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do understand that they, you know, they, the the Cowleys weren't the only person, only people that they spoke to. This is going to be annoying with the Cowleys because it's Danny Cowley is, is the manager, but, <laughs> and and I'm still never sure whether to go with he or they. Well, <laughs> they sell themselves as a package, don't they? That's yeah. the thing. So it's almost impossible not to, and you get the feeling that. Well, this this is the feeling I get anyway. Um, that Danny is very much your he's your front man, mm. but nothing happens without Nicky's agreement, basically. Right. Which is what it, 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 it they seem to very much work as a pair and work as a team. Um, so yeah, it is difficult. But I mean, the idea of having like a dual manager would just be horrendous I mean has that ever worked in the history of football um, I've written a piece about it for Planet Football about looking at the history of well, so who did Liverpool had Liverpool Julio had Julio and Evans, Evans yeah. um, Tottenham Co- had one but it was really Terry Venables Coventry had uh, Sillette and John Sillette and somebody else I can't remember I think there was a pair that actually did alright um, well that would probably be Coventry because I think didn't they possibly even won that FA Cup in Nineteen eighty-seven with Joel. Ma- Curious kinds of joint managers. Here we go. Uh, live googling here. Uh, Bolton. It worked with uh, Colin Todd and uh, Roy McFarland were a double act for a while. Mm. Um, I think they got promoted together into the Premier. The first time they went to the Premier yeah. League, they went straight back down. Like, but um, yeah, they did it. The Spurs had it with Livermore and Clements, but it was really yeah. Venables. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there have been a few, but yeah, generally speaking, it yeah. doesn't work, does it? I, and I think it doesn't work from a player's point of view unless you're, I mean... Yeah. Where would we be without the Popes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, so I I think Danny Cowley is Huddersfield Town Manager. I'm not do you know, I'm not sure what title his brother's got, actually. Assistant Manager. Assistant Manager. I think, yeah. Yeah. Assistant to the manager. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> two office references in 30 seconds there. But, you know... How often did you hear from Christoph Bueller? Not yeah, at all. Yeah. So it, it's and yet he, Nicky Cowley was right there at the press conference. He will alongside be, his brother. Today. He will be because they are that package, aren't they? But yeah, I, I think he'll be he'll be working away in the background. And I mean, it must be good for to have a sounding board like that and to have somebody who's let's be honest, probably not afraid to say I don't think that's going to work as well. That's exactly what they said. That obviously because they're brothers, that. 
they're just brutally honest to each other. They're, yeah. not, they're not too worried about protecting each other's feelings. And you speak to any manager about working with their assistant, that's exactly what they want. Yeah. Is you, there's no point in working with someone that's just going to come to you with the same ideas that you've got. Yeah, I'd agree with that very much so. You need someone who, as you say, who is not just an echo uh, back <laughs> at yourself. You, you need someone with their own ideas who will challenge you a bit, I think. And yeah. Perhaps, perhaps they have that. Yeah, I'd agree with that, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, it's been, as you say, it's been a long three weeks and there's been a, a lot of frustration, but um, ultimately, uh, I think you have to give a lot of credit to the club for, for sticking with it because they obviously felt like, although they said no, that they were convincible. Yeah, and at the end of the day, we don't know exactly what's gone on. No. no nobody does. No. And... There has been so much speculation and so much rumour over the last three weeks. All people need to know now is that Danny Cowley has had a field town manager yeah. and let's all move on. And that game on, on Sunday, the, the thing I said on Twitter and the thing I think I've even said on this podcast before is that if nothing else, Danny Cowley being Huddersfield town manager makes Huddersfield interesting again. Yeah. And in the short term... That really needed to happen for fans. That really, you know, you've got diehard season ticket holder fans down there who have been contemplating whether to come to games or or not. I understand this early in the season. I understand there are a lot of season ticket holders who are not turning up to games. Yeah, Um, they're quite quite a substantial number. And but you can understand that because the 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 football hasn't. The football has not been of the standard you'd want mm. and there's been several areas of frustration from the top to the bottom, even off the pitch. So people vote with their feet, but Sunday I'd be staggered if it wasn't close to being full again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even though it's it's on telly, but mm. Sheffield Wednesday, obviously they've got their own, a new manager yeah. of their own, so they're going to be, you know, jumping as well, particularly, yeah. particularly with them having been in contact with the Callies, supposedly, although the Callies deny that, important to say, yeah. uh, <laughs> legally. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a hell of a game, isn't it? It is. I, it's almost impossible to call. I mean, one of the things I think it's probably worth saying is that there's a good chance that Huddersfield Town will lose that game. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like it's just going to be the same old, same old or anything like that, but it's very difficult for the Cowleys to come in at this point with so many players on international duty with only, I mean, what are we, we're on Tuesday now when we're mm. recording this. So at best they've got four training sessions. Yeah, and well, they've got 13 players in today, I think they said. Yeah. Because half the team played for the elite development squad on yeah. Monday night. They've got five on international duty. Um, so, yeah, they've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If so, I mean, at best with international duty as well, I'd have thought they're probably not going to have a full squad Thursday there until Thursday, Friday. So, yeah. at best, they're going to have and two. And they'll be in light training, probably. Yeah, two, maybe three sessions with them and probably probably two team meetings as well, I'd say. And that's that's nowhere near enough to get over ideas and change mentalities with a squad that, I mean, we've been over it so many times, Steve, that the mentality is just through the floor. Yeah, uh, it, It's not easy to shake. They can do it, but yeah, there is a good chance they might lose that game. But I think what Townham wants to see is just anything that's different. Yeah. Anything that's different rather than not creating chances, not having enough shots, too many crosses into the box that aren't reaching anyone, 
just if they see even just five percent progress in this first game, that feels like enough. Do you think the players will respond to the Cowleys? Yeah, but again, it's the time thing, isn't it? They, yeah. They've just got so little time. Um, I think is the game after is it West Brom away? Yeah. I think that's where that's an incredibly difficult game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's where you might see more of a sort of Cowley identity beginning to form. But it, it's... I, there's so many factors in Sunday's game now. Local derby, new manager in each dugout, mm-hmm. town have been absolutely going through the mire, and now, you know, a, an attitude shift can radiate all sorts of things across the club. It suddenly becomes an incredibly difficult fixture to call, to yeah. be honest. Um, as I said, I think there is a chance that Huddersfield Town might lose. But the uh, the other thing is that, again, we've talked a lot about fitness issues. Mm. Mark Hudson, when he came in, was pretty scathing, let's be honest, about the, the squad's fitness. Mark Hudson has been working primarily on that. So even if he's got them... 10% better yeah that could make a big difference on Sunday as well so that's it I mean I think a lot of clubs in the championship will use the international break because a lot of them mm. will have internationals as well substantial numbers some of them towards the top end they will have spent a lot of that break making little tweaks and yeah. things here and there whereas town you feel like will have been a lot more wholesale even even though most of it has been Hudson uh, and let's be fair if the Cowleys have been in advanced negotiations over the weekend. You'd be very surprised if they hadn't been on the phone to Mark Hudson saying, "Yeah, these are the things. Where, where are you up to? What have you been working with them?" Yeah, I. It's so difficult with a, a squad like this because I know they're saying all the right things about you know it's a really good squad of players. It is a good squad of players, but the problem is there's not a single player in that squad, barring maybe Chalabar, who's paying to anything like their potential. Gribara as well, but yeah, I, <laughs> like we're not. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, the pro- the thing with Gribara is he's learning though as well, and yeah. I, you know, you even look at him and because of the issues in front of him, I don't think in this season today, I don't think I've seen him come out and claim a cross yet. Mm. Which it's not a problem at the moment because the problems are far more widespread than that. But that's just another symptom of mm. worrying about what's ahead of him, you know. So. So yeah, they, their job, all they you can reasonably expect them to do over the next few days is just try to wipe a few minds clean. Yeah, that's the single biggest thing, isn't yeah. it, Steve? Yeah, and something we've talked about before is like, and thank, it's one of the words that they kept hitting on today is clarity. Mm. They need yeah. to get clarity into the players' heads, and they were saying that's one of the core tenets of what they mm. do. And and we've said it a million times on this podcast mm. that they look like. The team look like they're overladen with ideas. Yeah. That they're and and as you said before, if you're doing being given too many instructions, often looks very much the same as being given no instructions at all. Yeah. So if they can get that, the almost the fact that they've got a very short space of time could count in their favour because yeah, it, it allows them to just be like, right, we're keeping this very simple. This is what you need to do, and that could be just what they need. They, there's there's some sort of quite achievable benchmarks to hit very early on. And I, I take it even right down to individuals. Get Jonathan Hogg doing more than 
pointing at people <laughs> and shouting at people. Get him playing football again, mm. and you will find that the pieces slot around him because Huddersfield Town at their best, that's how it works. Jonathan Hogg plays well, and everybody else raises it around him. And at the moment, you know he's he's just not he's just not in form. Get people getting Grant on the ball in the box. Yeah. You know more than twice a half at best. Yeah. Get the ball to him in the box where he can do things with it. Get the wingers in a mindset that it doesn't matter if they make a mistake. Yeah. Just try it again. Just try it again. You know because when you've got young players like Dear Carbine and Benzer specifically, they need to have the freedom to just try things. And you look at Dear Carby, in almost every game he's played this season, there's been a 10-minute spell where he's looked almost unplayable. Yeah. But the problem is there's 80 minutes around that, isn't there? Yeah. And that's you, they've got to work on expanding that 10 minutes to a half to 90 minutes. Yeah. You know? So there are, there are some achievable things short-term, but town fans are going to need a little bit of patience because the problems with this squad are not going to be solved by a change in manager mm. the change in manager was desperately needed don't get me wrong but I, in my opinion they're a little bit light now the transfer windows have closed yeah. in a couple of areas and there's the whole confidence slash mentality thing and also there's a couple of players who you know let's be honest Steve need to pull their socks up and realise they're in the championship and not in the Premier League anymore yeah yeah I mean it's I, th I think you're exactly right. I think wide areas, particularly, mm -hmm. that they look, um, as you say, they look light. They've got very few options at fullback, mm -hmm. really. Particularly now that if Conglo is going to stay at, at centre back, as we suspect he will, mm -hmm. then they've literally got one senior left back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've got um, Flo Hadjani on the right, who we've talked about a lot, and the issues that that he creates tactically um, by not getting back well enough. Uh, and then the backup to the pair of them is is Herbert Bockhorn, who we really haven't seen anything out of him to suggest that he is yeah, going to make a big difference. If he is going to make a big difference, he's going to have to get up to speed mm. fairly quickly yeah, exactly. because we we saw him pre-season and we've seen him. Uh, did, he, did he play against Lincoln? Yes, and but he was signed specifically to play in the Ansevert system. Mm. Presumably, he was signed because he—I mean, that's what we even said at the time. Yeah, because he knows Jan Sievert's mm. methods and he knows his system and he's played in it all his most of his career. Yeah, and now suddenly he's yeah. gone after he's played. One yeah, game, so. so I think the fullbacks are the areas that they they need to have a look at. I think creative midfielder as well. Yeah, there is so much resting on Pritchard. Yeah, that he is. Uh, you know the wheels have come off a little bit at the moment he was such a big miss against Luton because he had a bit of a knock to his ankle we believe um, so he did come on in the second half but they didn't feel like they could risk him for the full 90 minutes and he was such a big miss because Fraser Campbell basically didn't get the ball at all yeah um, yeah it, it's touches it did it touch it 19 times in 17 his time on the pitch, I think it was yeah. yeah Pritchard had more touches in less than half the time yeah um, I, I know touches isn't everything but I think Campbell was by far yeah to, to put it in comparison every other starter had at least uh, 69 touches I think it was yeah and he had 17 yeah and I the thing about Pritchard is he he's an important player, I think, going forward because there is a lot resting on his shoulders. But again, it's the freedom thing. It's the, the, the same as Diakarvian and Benza. Mm. You need to find a way to take some of that weight of the world off his shoulders because when he's playing now, 
you see the frustration in him when that ball goes astray, when he's, yeah. the cross goes astray. And it's because he knows they might not be in this position again for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes. Do you know what he reminds me of? Is that period when Liverpool were rubbish <laughs> under like Hodgson and, and then they had Dalglish and Steven Gerrard was clearly like the only player on the pitch that was going to make yeah. anything happen. And he was trying so hard to make things happen that yeah. even he was actually playing poorly. Yeah. Because he was just trying way too hard. And you could see it was right, as you say, right on his shoulders. And yeah. Pritchard reminds me of that at the moment. Because he's he's clearly the player on the pitch that is able to make that difference. Mm. But he's just... He's getting yeah. frustrated. He's taking shots from the edge of the box that he really shouldn't be. But no one else around him is making mm. runs or get, getting into positions he, where he can. Yeah, he he, t- he takes up those positions though as well, where he you can see that he's like he feels like he should be on the ball, so he keeps drifting wide. He keeps coming deep mm. instead of right. No, get where you can create. Yeah. Get where you can be effective because all that's happening at the moment is there's just a big hole where he should be playing 50% of the time Yeah. so Pritchard's a big player and again these are all short term problems to fix I, I again I said to somebody on Twitter who sort of said you know oh, we've got huge problems and I think I possibly even said it on this podcast I don't think they have huge problems I just think they have lots of problems Yeah. so solve 50% of them and yeah. suddenly you realise alright oh, we didn't have huge problems we still got a long way to go but mm. yeah there are there are a lot of ways to get a bit of short term game but you know the first two games Sheffield Wednesday at home and West Brom away are tough with yeah, a squad that has really done are. nothing but lose so there's no other way to say it but town fans are just going to have to bite their lips if they lose the next two games do you think the fans are going to be a bit more patient with the Cowboys yes. than they were with <laughs> They they will because it's it's like I said I'll go back to the interesting thing because because Cowleys make life interesting they've they've you know in the top 9 tiers of English football they've mostly in, they've managed in the top 8 one after the other mm. they are I, I don't want to use the words the next big thing, but Town have gone and got, for my money, and I've said it on this podcast, the best managers in the lower leagues yeah. there there is. Yeah, they are doing phenomenal things with with Lincoln and where they've got them to. They're now Huddersfield Town manager. They can do the same things. They can the, the same sort of progression, but it just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. But what what were your first impressions? from that press conference this morning? Um, very, it was a very positive, very uh, sort of, I don't want to use the word inspirational, but... Rallying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're coming in with nothing but positivity and that, again, is going to go a fair way with these Huddersfield Town fans because I think the turning point for Jan's time was when he started to have a little bit of a grumble yeah. and town fans were like well no because you can't grumble because you're doing absolutely nothing that's that's what the fans don't want to hear yeah. and they've heard a lot of that I mean they heard quite a bit of that from Wagner at the end if truth be told so I think the positivity is going to go a long way um, we said off off mic they, they've clearly got buzzwords that they like to, to use and to get around and they talked about you know their working class ethics several times which fits with 
some I'm not going to say the motto of the club but certainly an ethos of the club and if you if you go into some entrances of the club you'll even see it written on the walls mm. um, so you know they were ticking lots of boxes but they keep using the right sort of words of like you say like clarity and etc uh, etc et enthusiasm and, and what was the other one uh, there was a third one that they wanted humility 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 yeah. those were and the he, three. he, he clarified that I think three times that he felt humility was one of the biggest yeah. parts of the job. Now I wondered, and this is pure speculation Steve, but I wondered if he was clearly trying to send a message to one or two in the squad there to just, I don't think anybody's been a massive Premier League big time Charlie, but I think he's making it clear from the outset we're going back to basics this yeah. is a championship club you're a championship player yeah and I don't think there's anything wrong in that no I mean that's why I was asking you before if, if I thought if you thought they would respond to him because that's um, when you've got a manager who a decade ago was managing in the mm. ninth tier or whatever it was is it Co Concord Rangers Concord Rangers they were there I think from 2007 8 yeah, uh, in the ninth tier. Took Bear in mind, this, that was straight from being PE teachers. PE teachers. They were still PE teachers till they took the Lincoln mm. job, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, they took. They got three promotions in eight years with them. Mm. Although I think it was actually three promotions in six years, and then two of yeah of like improvement up the league. But it's also worth saying when they went to Concord that the the club was doing nothing. Oh yeah, and they going were nowhere. They had attendances of fifty yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So they've. It's not just a job on the pitch, is it? It's about yeah. getting, you know, harnessing to something and get everybody going the yeah, right exactly. way. So then they've, they've gone from there to Braintree, took, or, as I put on the website earlier in a typo, instead of Braintree Town, I put Braintree Tree, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, they went to Braintree Tree and um, went, got, took them to their best ever league finish. They finished yep. third, got to the playoffs, didn't go up, but they got to the playoffs. That's what got them the Lincoln job. So yeah. that, that, that was... Going to Braintree meant they went from the 6th to the 5th. And yeah. then Lincoln have immediately gone National League to League 2. Yeah. Then got to the playoffs their first season in League 2. Mm. And then got up as champions in their second season. And in the season they didn't get the promotion with Lincoln, they won the Checker Trade Trophy. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when they left Lincoln, they were in the playoff spots again. Yeah. So as I put in the piece, if that was your save game on Football Manager... You'd be pretty pleased yeah, with yourself, you and they've done it in real life. Yeah, but you see, this is the thing that it's going to be a big step up for them. The championship is completely different level of football. I mean, you know it, and I know it, Steve. Yeah. It's it's it is a Premier League two in all but name. Yeah. Um, so they they're going to have a, a period of adjustment themselves, and I, I I honestly think I don't for a second think this season has gone or it's not worth trying or writing it off anything like that, but. I honestly think, with the circumstances town find themselves in, not just with the Cowleys, but with David Webb as well. David Webb is is what he's 15 days into the job. Yeah. You all, his first port of call was to come in and write, find us a manager. Yeah, I, I asked him that question at the presser, and he was like, "Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, <laughs> was a bit of a uh, so tactic start." He he will want to come in and he will want to find them players that can make a difference. He will want to. We know town want to work within a budget. We know that, mm. um, and the fans know that. But they they also want to see bodies through the door. They want to see a squad filled out where there are obvious holes. 
they're gonna. I'm not saying they're gonna struggle over this season, but there's only so much they can do. It, yeah. uh, if, I mean, let's be honest and let's have it out properly. If they got Huddersfield Town up this year with this squad after what's happened, <laughs> then put them in to replace Pepper Man City, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. future England man. Nightmares. It would be remarkable. But what they will do is they will make a hell of a difference yeah. over the course of this season. I think Town. More than likely, the second half of the season will be strong, and I should think they'll have a. I mean, they could they could even drop into the bottom of the playoffs, but I'm certain they will be comfortable in mid-table. But then it's the summer. Going to check back on this in in April. No, I I said I said even before the start of the season. I think you look at that squad. I agree. It's a mid. They're not a relegation squad. No, and. I don't know whether that's an upper mid-table or lower mid-table because the Championship is a league which mm. definitely has one of both. But they, that's where they should be. That's where they should be. I think that's where they'll end up. But over the summer, a full summer with the team, recruitment with web helping, shift a couple more bodies out but bring a lot more in. I, I think... You, you have to understand that one of the things they said this morning is they weren't interested in going anywhere that wasn't a long-term project. Yeah, They're not interested in being judged solely on results on the pitch from Saturday to Saturday. They want to make a difference in the community with the club as a whole. And I really think the club needs that. I, I, I don't want to appear too critical, but they've sort of still slightly been slavish to some of Wagner's ideas and ideals, yeah. you know, even down to the way wins are celebrated, etc. And I think, yeah, the the exact way for the Cowleys to approach it is to go right. We're going to look at every level of this club. Mm. They've got a huge job on with the first team, and I'm sure they will concentrate on that short term. But yeah, look at the academy, which they mentioned this morning. Yeah. How do we get more players through the academy? Is the recruitment white? How do they? They they seem to suggest this morning to me. Anyway, you may tell me different. That they're going to have a huge say in recruitment. Yeah, well, I think that's what that. So what they said was that they they acknowledged that part of the reason they turned it down the first time mm. was because Town were recruiting for the position of head coach. Coach. Yeah. And then they when they came back, they were like, okay manager then yeah and and they're like yes we want that um yeah i think they will be involved we spoke to david webb a little bit afterwards which i know you you've not listened to dave but um we did speak to david webb afterwards and he was saying it's it's too early obviously to look at the um the transfer window or sorry not to look at it but for him to talk about where he thinks they need to to recruit, yeah. which is fair enough. He's not going to tell us now in September. No. Um, wait, wait. Look, the, yeah. These players are rubbish. Yeah. This guy's rubbish. Um, but we asked him, like, does it infringe a little bit the fact that they're a head coach rather than a manager? Because mm. he was recruited to a position to work with Jan as the head coach, yeah. doing yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the stuff that the Cowboys are going to be involved in. But he was saying, no, there's still a place for me because it's I can lend support to them. And he's, mm. he was saying he was saying he's got. What the Cowleys, we were talking about the lack of experience they have maybe at this level. Yeah. And I would say they've adapted every time they've stepped up before, yeah. which is why they've kept going. But um, David Webb does have that experience. He's been there with Bournemouth. He's been there yeah. with Southampton. He has been at, you know, a lot of the players that they signed when he was a scout at Bournemouth and he was mm. heavily involved in the recruitment there when they were in League One and the Championship are still there now playing mm. in the Premier League. So 
he was, he, he was making the point I know I've been at Tottenham and yeah. I know what a club like Tottenham should look like yeah. and I can bring that experience and it's kind of like they've, they've got that, that top down from Webb and the bottom up from the Cowleys and, yeah. and on paper they, that actually makes a, um, a really good team yeah and I think the other thing that people will have to understand is that some of the signings if they I think they'll probably go and get a couple in January but I don't think their signings are going to be particularly it's they're not going to be fizzy they're not going to be inspirational no. but what they are It'll going be to be a is, left back yeah it's going to be bodies in to fill the holes in that squad and Webb will come in he's been working in Sweden is it Sweden was he Sweden yeah. or Dem- Sweden. no Sweden yeah, for a minute then, I thought I was going to say Michelin, but no, it's Ostersons. He will come with a list of players, a portfolio of players, yeah. that he could have got there on a budget that he thinks were really good. And at the top of that list, there'll be a group of six or seven that were like his A names, his category A names. Now he's with a championship club, he can realistically potentially go and get them. But they probably still won't be at the level of you know, the the town aren't going to go and spend ten, twelve million on anyone in January. It's, it's if they do, it will only be because the Cowleys are working miracles and mm. they've got potentially a shout of of going back up. But I don't think they will. I think they'll get some bodies in. But then you look at that team, as you said, Webb working over a full summer, the Cowleys working over a full summer, the squad being a lot more settled than it was this summer because this summer was. Basically mm. everything just in a in a washing machine with the change of ownership, with the recruitment, with players who were expecting to stay going, players yeah. who were expecting to go stay in. I think, yeah, a little bit of patience required, but, you know, again, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is interesting. And, and I almost think as well, like, they... If the Cowleys can give the fans a lift, then the need to get a player that will make you fizzy kind of mm. goes away. And I almost think, looking at that squad, they don't need to go and get like an Alexander Mitrovic. No. They need to get a Chris Lerver. Like precisely. A, a seven yeah. out of ten, a solid seven out of ten. You know, yeah. Give you a decent showing every week. Yeah. He's not going to be super glamorous, but he'll be good and solid and yeah. fit around players that can do those glamour jobs. Yeah. It could... <sighs> Town can do difficult to beat. I know that sounds ridiculous to say with the <laughs> run they've been on, but they've not have, been getting battered for no, four or five. They they have not season. been humped in this championship season today, and they have played a couple of teams who are going to be there or thereabouts at the end. Yeah. So town can still do difficult to beat in this division. So it's it's more a job of plugging the holes and working out the top half of the pits, isn't it? That's the battle. That's the yeah. that's the jigsaw. Yeah, what what can we expect from the Callies on the pitch? I don't know how much you know about they, the style uh, and things. Well, they have they're very good. What what I'm quite impressed with is they play. They tend to play a four two three one quite a lot, but they are more than happy to change it depending on the opposition. Yeah. Okay. And they're also when they if they if they do play a four two three one or a four three three, they've played a bit as well. They quite often change players' roles in those formations to suit the opposition. So I think what you've, what what Town have had previously is David Wagner, who believed in two systems really, mm. which was a four-two-three-one, or the three at the back. 
but both systems had essentially the same philosophy, which is you will not break us down yep. and we will hope to get something on the counter. Jan comes in and plays his 4-3-3 and that's what he wants to play and that's what he's wedded to. Yeah. And he doesn't change or adapt and he doesn't really do enough in-game. I think what town fans are going to see is a manager who's quite prepared to, to change things, to move players about, to bring players in. When they do play a 4-2-3-1, for instance, it's, it's much more of an attacking 4-2-3-1. Mm. It's not a 4-2-3-1 that basically becomes a 6 at the back yeah. when required. It's more of a, right, essentially what I want here is I want my central midfielder to split the centre-backs because I want my full-backs to play at win-backs for 60% of the game and I want the rest of my team on the front foot. Now, they can, they can be a little bit direct, but that I think is more of a reflection of the leagues they've been playing yeah, exactly. in and, and all that sort of thing. That, that's what our Lincoln, we got in touch with the, the, our colleagues in Lincoln and asked them and they said, yeah, but this, the long, they said they've been tarred with the long ball brush a little too readily. Yeah. They said that after they lost in the playoffs, not last season, the season before, they realised, okay, this got us mm. up from the National League, but this isn't, Yeah, we need to and evolve from that. And they did it successfully. That's why they won the league. Uh, there's a hell of a difference as well between a long ball and yeah. a forward pass. All right, Louis van Gaal. Well, no, there, <laughs> there is though. And the, the thing is like, as soon as you use the words long ball, it's got certain connotations. Yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks about Wimbledon punting, yeah. Wimbledon defenders punting it towards. Everyone a certain age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you think of it, Wimbledon or Bolton or Cardiff. Yeah. Yeah. What they tend to do is the thing that I've sat here on this podcast and said has hurt town several times this mm. season. Which is just simple forward balls. Yeah. Instead of players winning it and turning back to their defenders to try and keep possession or playing it sideways, they they want their players right get it forward. You know, hurt the opposition by pushing on. And the other thing is that they're not. Again, this is reflective of the leagues they've been in. We don't know if they're going to be like a sort of harem scare and pressing because they've not. I don't want to disparage Lincoln or, or, or leagues below the championship, but you have a different level of footballer and it's it's very rare that you could get a side in there where you can get a 10-man press going yeah. as well as everything else just because you're dealing with there's a reason these players are in League yeah. One and not the Premier League. Yeah. So it will be quite interesting to see where they set the press and how they do it. I, I suspect they will want their forward four potentially five depending how they set a midfield two to press in in the opposition half but yeah it, it, it the thing is that this is again to, to go back over it this is a big step huge yeah. step for them so they're going to learn on the job as well and that's why i think this season the fans just need to go with it a bit yeah and just as long as you get yourself out of trouble which i i think they will do without too much of an issue i mean if I, I'll sit here now and we'll say something else, Steve, that might come back to haunt me. But if we won't do a podcast in New Year and Town will be in the bottom three, it, yeah. it won't happen. They will haul themselves up. Yeah. And, you know, even if they're still in a little bit of trouble, they won't be sat where they are now. No. But it, it, it's it's a learning process. And this is what I mean about the fans. The fans just really just, just go with them. I mean, yeah. the last time they went with a manager, they ended up in the Premier League. Yeah. And, and I think we've talked before about how you and I liked 
uh, Jan a lot, mm. and a lot of journalists really liked Jan, mm. but he he didn't seem to have that connection with the fans from from day one. He yeah. never he never quite, and he tried. You know, he was mm. he was going around before games doing selfies and doing the high fives. He really made the effort, but for whatever reason, they just never quite took to him. I think one of the reasons we liked him is because he came across far better in 20 minutes than he did in two. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And, yeah, he 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 struggled. He got the club and he understood the fans, but he couldn't... He struggled to get himself over sometimes. Mm. We talked about the language thing, mm. about some of the things he said when they're in the Premier League that wound fans up because they took them at face value mm. and you know at face value that's understandable but that wasn't what he was trying to say at the end of the day you're not going to get that off yeah. two, two Englishmen are you two Essex lads <laughs> but it, it, I think town fans just need to expect that there's going to be a lot more attacking football not all of it is going to work because mm. <laughs> they're going to have to the striker thing is interesting because mm. Town, you know, we're told that Town are light in those positions. You've now got Grant, who plays a certain way, Campbell, who plays a certain way, and Mounier, who plays a certain way, and all three of them are different. Yeah. So, it, I mean, how do you think they're going to... I don't know. I mean, it's... I did a big it's on Facebook if you want to have a look at it I did look at the various different formations that Town mm. could play uh, on Friday so if you go onto our Facebook page it's uh, Examiner what is it Examiner Live for the Seal Townies or something like that you'll find it um, I did a, I did go through all the tactics the ones that I liked when I was going through it and I was trying to put players in positions yeah. I liked the flat 442 yeah. I have to say and I liked the 442 diamond Yeah. Um, I thought both of them looked good, to be honest. Mm. Um, but it does depend on a couple of things. We've talked about how they've got that, that gap between the midfield and the attack. Um, the flat four four two doesn't solve that issue, really, unless yeah. one of the strikers was dropping off and being a, a, a target man, which Mounier could do, but I think he needs a bit of a bit of work and a bit of TLC, probably, to, to get up to... A lot of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the diamond does fix that issue because you get you get that sort of that spearhead behind the front two, and then mm. you've got two sort of pure out and out strikers, which probably Campbell is more suited for than than Mounier uh, as it stands. The problem is then you you're losing your wingers. But, yeah. But a lot of people would say, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with them. No. That well, that's no great loss. The yeah. problem, the problem is is that they've got two eleven twelve million pound wingers there that they're not using then. Yeah. But um, I don't think fans will care if they're not playing them. If they're no. winning, and I, I, as I said, I do think even his harshest critics would have to admit that there have been times this season where Diacarbi has showed there's a player there, yeah. and it's worth sticking with him. And Benza, I'm not going to make that defence. Yeah, but different manager, change of attitude, yeah, different exactly. circumstances. But I, I, the two up top thing is interesting because. If they want to go down that route, you know, I've talked before that I don't think Grant is brilliant outside the box to so mm. just play to his strengths and yeah. he'll score you 25 goals. Yeah. Um, but Mounier wants to play in the box as well. Yeah. And Campbell wants to play in the box as well. Yeah. So it's, it's 
yeah it's that it's quite difficult slotting them together and this is what i mean about that patience coming because i don't think in january there's going to be like a sudden influx of players that are mm. going to solve all the problems as you rightly said it is literally going to be here's a left back because we desperately need a left back yeah you know so yeah it i think i think it'd be more exciting um but it will also be slightly frustrating because I think at first they may well look to go quite direct because they will know that the first the biggest problem town have got I mean everybody who listens to this podcast knows they don't have enough shots they don't get the ball in attacking positions enough they don't get the wingers on the ball in good positions Mm. enough they're out in harmless wide positions 30 yards from they waste the ball when they're there so I think what town fans might see straight away is just literally a push just to get the ball in the opposition's final mm. third. Just get the ball in there mm. and then we'll work out who's better to do what role and all that sort of thing. But again, I use the same word, interesting. Mm. And that's that's what we need. I mean, me that's what me and you need, never mind yeah, yeah. fans who've paid X amount of pounds for a season <laughs> ticket, etc. This, this, this week, it's funny because like being a, being a journalist, I've learned that you are you go through a lot of the same sort of emotions that the fans do because mm. you do get fed up when they're losing because yeah. it's well I'm coming into work and I need to write six pieces about town what can I say that yeah. I haven't said seven times already from yeah. every one of the other games and and it does put you in a bad mood until and then the <laughs> and then the weekend starts coming along and it's like ah oh, the weekend's nearly here we've got another game we can do the preview stuff that's going to yeah. fill a couple of days and like you start looking forward to the match day because yeah. the match day is the best bit let's not let's not beat around the bush and and it, I think it is it does reflect a lot of the same frustrations that the fans have like the you know the the recruitment process for the manager we were in the dark mm. we, there was we even had some accusations that we were keeping stuff quiet it's like no we just don't know yeah. like we we it's not that we we do so, Sometimes to maintain the relationship, you need to keep stuff yeah. quiet that the club asks you to because if you, that they will give you a certain amount of detail and they'll say, you're all right to report this bit, but could you please keep this yeah. extra specific back? And you agree to it because if you don't, then they're not yeah. going to give you anything next time yep. and you're completely in yep, the dark. Yep. So it's just how it works. But with the manager stuff, we genuinely just haven't known. We've, yeah. we've gone and asked questions and... Uh, the Adkins one was was the only one where mm. we went with a specific name, and they said no, absolutely not. The rest of the time, it was no update yet. Mm. Or I, this is the thing we we were we've been texting each other daily because we get so many people sending us stuff saying, "Oh, this is what's happening." Yeah, this is, don't worry, this is what's happening, and. We were laughing at one point because we've been told that Nigel Adkins is definitely manager, Neil Harris is definitely manager, yeah. Danny Cowley is definitely manager 10 days before he, yeah. uh, before he actually took the job. Yeah. Um, There's a press conference at 5 o'clock. Yeah, There's press a press conference. It's actually half 5 now. Yeah. Oh, and it's it, tomorrow now. Yeah. And it's... it's Yeah. But I see, as, as an optional analyst there, one of the things I want to write is I want to be able to watch town over three or four games and pick out some interesting stats and tell people, look, you know, this is what you can't see with your eye. This is where the improvement is. Yeah. In the entire time I've been doing this Mm. and that, you know, like three years or so, 
the last two and a half, I've not been able to do that because yeah. there is nothing about Huddersfield Town that you can't see with your own eyes. Yeah, that's that's the problem. And on yeah, the pitch, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So with that driving me mad and driving you mad, the the fan who's paid his money and what have you, I think Town fans have shown a remarkable amount of patience. I think there's one or two who overstepped the line on social media, but you know, spoilers. That happens with every single club, yeah. including non-league clubs. Yeah. So, you know, you can't. There's always going to be the odd, the odd idiot about. But, you know, I think the fans deserve an appointment that they can be excited about, legitimately excited about as well. I think it's interesting times ahead, and it would be lovely to sit and do this podcast and talk about a win. Yeah, because we've not done that. No, I, since I started with the Examiner, uh, my first game was, I think it was the thirty first of March. It was whenever they played Palace, the game that they were relegated. Yeah, I haven't seen them win a competitive game. Yeah, <laughs> since I started here. So. Yeah, so they, that shows you the level they're at at the moment, yeah. and I think that just reiterates that if Town lose their next two games, you need to understand that it's not that the managers not up to it or can't make the step up it's yeah. just there are some deep rooted problems within that squad but they'll get there and vice versa and uh, Danny Kelly himself said this everything doesn't change after one win no he says I'm no. a firm be- I, I really don't believe that everything changes no. after one win it's, it's more three points that. doesn't suddenly get your depth at left back does it yeah exactly <laughs> you know that's that's the <laughs> and, reality and sorry we keep bringing up left back and you know Jaden Brown's actually done mm. alright to be fair but yeah it's He's not Chris Lerver, is no, the point. No, And it's just an easy point to make. I think there are deficiencies in other areas as well that yeah. they, they need to look at. Yeah. But, but yes, exciting times. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, hopefully so. Um, well, hope you've enjoyed it. Do all the social media stuff. You're at David Hartrick, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am. And yeah. I'm at Stephen Chicken, at Stephen with a V. We're at Examiner HTFC. Uh, make sure you subscribe, tell your friends about this, all of that business. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.